in today's show. We're looking ahead to Tuesday in the NBA. There are five games on. We're looking at what we're watching for. We're looking at streaming options. We're looking at planning ahead the next five days before Christmas. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and Substack, JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. Today's episode, it's not brought to you by anybody actually. So thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I had a um, I had a question that was asked to me about these what to watch for shows, and I thought instead of replying, I'll just add it here. It says I don't understand what we should get from these videos. What's the meaning of saying I want to watch how many minutes Shake will have, or let's look to see if he plays more than twenty minutes? Okay, um, can Al Tuntas? I think that's a, it's a good question. What is the point of these shows? It's me looking ahead to tomorrow's games, and it's telling you the interesting things that I am watching for, and I think that fantasy players should be watching for in general. It's a way that we can get... So we can look at these things, and when they're happening in-game, we can make moves or decisions based on the way the trends are happening. So when we look at something, hey, what's going to happen in this game? That's an extra data point. Does that mean that this player is pushing into a larger role? We've seen it happen multiple times where we can just see little things start to develop and we watch them for one more game and we go, okay, this is an ad here. How's this guy producing? This is an ad here. Well, this guy's a drop. We're seeing it trend in the wrong direction. This show is also useful giving you injury updates. Hey, this guy is out for this game. Small boost for this player in this game, right? So if you're looking for one-day streams, it gives you one-day stream options for Tuesday when you want to get ahead of the pack. Who are some guys that we can add to give you value on this day? And it also gives you a look ahead to the next five days. You want to plan out and make the most of your waiver wire ads? This gives you that opportunity. Who's got a short-term boost in value? Who's going to take advantage of the good schedule for this week? That is the point of these shows. I think there's a lot of value in these shows. Not as many people watch these shows as they do the recap. I think there's just as much valuable information here because the recap shows are, are good and, and I love doing them. They're my favorite show. They're the one I've always done and you get good information, but it can be a little bit reactive. They're like, wow, this guy had a big game. So everyone goes, oh, let's jump on this player. Whereas this one's trying to look at trends in advance, trying to give us things to, to look at before we see the results of these games as to which direction this stuff is going. Options for us to stream versus, hey, this player scored 30 points in a weird game that was a blowout because four players were injured and one person got in foul trouble. Hey, I'm going to add him and it doesn't happen in the future. This is trying to look a little bit more future-facing. Future so I hope that makes sense, Khan Altuntas. I hope that makes sense for everybody else. What do you get out of these shows? What is the thing that you watch these what to watch for streaming shows for? Because I, I think there's a ton of information in them. I try to make them full of information, but I understand how maybe the usefulness of it is a little bit um, cloudy. And in saying that, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first game of these five games for Tuesday, it's the Jazz and the Pistons. This is a back-to-back -back for Utah. We talked about it a couple of days ago on the Week 10 preview that the Jazz have the great schedule to start the week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Unfortunately, on Monday, both Colin Sexton and Kelly Olynyk are out. For Tuesday, we do not know whether they play. But what that actually does do, it's frustrating if we have Olynyk on our roster for sure. But it means that the streaming value 
of players on the Jazz, which was going to be tough to get. Their schedule was great, but was were the players great? Well, now there's a big opportunity. Because with someone like a Linux out, you'd think Markkanen pushes up to the four. That means Beasley probably starts at the three. That means more minutes appear for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And that is what we want to watch. Alexander-Walker with both Sexton and a Linux out. It seems counterintuitive. Alexander-Walker's a point guard. Josh Linux a center. Yeah, but. Yeah, not really. Alexander Walker's big. He's 6'6". Six, six. He can play one, two, and three in a pinch. Alinek was playing the four, so Markkinen pushes to the four, so there's more minutes for Beasley at the three. It all intertwines that way. So this opportunity gives someone like Alexander Walker a boost for this really good schedule situation. It also means that they probably will go smaller less. Sometimes they go Vanderbilt at center. Sometimes they go Kessler. Sometimes they go Alinek. One of those names might be wiped out of that. Now, I don't know whether Erling's going to play in this game. We want him to play if we have him in fantasy. But what we do want to see is the impact on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is an interesting stream for this week because of the schedule and with the absence of Sexton. And we want to see Walker Kessler, who played 14 minutes last time we saw him. We don't know what will happen Monday. He remains a must-roster player, but we're always watching the trends. We're watching the trends. If he goes back to playing 14 minutes a night, then Kessler's not a must-roster player. And that's one of the things, Can I'm going to keep referencing your name because you asked a really important question. Um, that's one of the things we want to watch because if they start going away from Kessler and that continues, then that becomes harder to hold him. For the Pistons, Jaden Ivey was in a real slump and last game, he was better. But he was better. He scored well, but as per usual, he did nothing else. So don't let that decent scoring, I think he had 19 points, um, obscure the fact that he's still a very empty fantasy player. He looked better. That's great. And we want to keep watching that. Does he, is he able to transition himself into a must-roster 12-team category player? Because he isn't there. And what the way we watch that is, hey, the shooting, can that remain okay? Can he play over 30 minutes? Will we start to ever get rebounds or assists or steals? I'm really doubtful of it, but we always want to watch it. Like, I don't need to watch this team necessarily and go, um, what's Boyan Bogdanovich doing? Like, he's, he's good, right? I know what he's doing. He's playing 32 minutes a night. He'll have some hot shooting, some cold shooting, all that stuff. I don't really need to pay that much attention to it. But I do need to pay attention to what Ivy's doing. I also want to pay attention to Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Because he has been the guy cutting into Jaden Ivy's minutes. And he has been putting up gigantic usage. He's been scoring really well. He's had some streamable 12-team value. Whether that continues or not, I think he's going to be directly related to Jaden Ivy's minutes. So I uh, so Burks has this value to be streamed in on a day like this, but is he a 20-minute a night player? Because that's not a 12-team league guy. A 24, 25-minute? Then we're, then we're talking. Now we're cooking. So that's what we want to watch. The Ivy Burks minutes, where they sit, how they look, how he's deployed in this lineup. Again, Khan, not calling you out at all, but I'm going to keep referencing you like I'm talking directly to you. I hope you understand that's what we're trying to get out of this show. And we'll get back to that in just a second. But today's show is brought to you by Turo.com. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget Across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B or test drive that electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. The next game 
is the Bulls and the Heat. The Heat are five and a half point favorites here. We know, of course, that Lonzo Ball is out. Omer Yurtseven is out. But there are a few Heat players that are really interesting. Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry have missed the last two games. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Javante Green's dealing with a knee issue and Gabe Vincent's dealing with a knee issue as well. On the Bulls side of things, the Green situation I don't think impacts very much. But we still want to watch Patrick Williams, who continues to be underwhelming. I don't think he's ever going to push into a large role. It would require multiple trades on this team, I would guess. And I don't think he's going to do it. But we want to watch. He is in his third year. He missed most of his second season. Can he start to develop more aggression? He's been a really good three-point shooter, but it's so low volume, it doesn't really impact that much. He's had some good shot-blocking games, and the role is okay, but he has been threatened with being benched. So will he continue to get benched? I also want to watch Zach Levine, who has been... Hmm. Okay. Levine has been okay. But he's just not right, is he? He just doesn't feel like that guy. DeRozan has nerfed his top 25 value. His knee doesn't look right. He obviously doesn't care at all or can't be bothered or has no ability to defend whatsoever. And that's impacting his overall production. So we do want to watch to see if there is any hope of Levine getting better, also to watch how he looks on that knee. For the Heat, Victor Oladipo, 30-plus minutes the last two games. If Martin and Lowry play, or if Vincent plays, what is Oladipo's role? Will he continue to get more minutes than Max Struess? Is he pushing to 12 teams? I don't think so. But if Martin and Lowry are out, Oladipo becomes a viable stream option because they will play him good minutes. And if they still play him 30 minutes, if Lowry and Martin are there, then things really become interesting. Also watch Duncan Robinson, who's played 20-plus minutes in three straight games. Not because I care too much for him as a 12-team league guy, because I don't. But if you're looking on a Tuesday, double-cheeked up, five-game Tuesday, when you're looking for threes in like a 14-team league, if he's playing 20 minutes, you're getting two or three triples. He might not play every night, but you might have stream value there in a deeper format with his ability to hit threes. That is possible. The next game, the Warriors, the Knickerbockers. The Knicks are four and a half point favorites. We know Steph's out. We know Wiggins is out. We know Obert Toppin is out. What we want to watch is John Kaminga because last game, there's a big opportunity and he barely played. He was getting 20 minutes a night prior to that, but with Kevon Looney playing better, Kaminga playing basically exclusively as a four or five, um, I don't think that he's a 12-team league guy. Now, again, it's limited games on, so maybe you take the flyer and expect Kaminga to play 20 plus. He is not the greatest permanent fantasy producer, especially in a, in a limited role. Like if everyone sits, then yeah, he is. But if Poole's there and Clay's there and Draymond's there and Looney's there, he doesn't get those opportunities. So I don't think that he's a good option, but let's watch what his role is because that'll di dictate where we roster him as we move forward. I also want to watch Jordan Poole. Finding the right sell-high opportunity for Jordan Poole is key. You cannot do it when Steph is back. You cannot do it when Steph is imminent. You have to sacrifice value on Jordan Poole. If you are going to sell high and get a top 40 player, you need to do it, I think, probably next week. Because you need to give that person value. You need to give them something where they go, what are you doing? Steph's out. I've got this guy rolling. And then when we hit February, Jordan Poole's value drops way back off. Right? That is what we want to watch. We want him to build up tons of equity. We want him to trade or want him to put in massive performances while Steph is out. Do it here again. And then field the offers. 
and find the right time to pull the trigger, understanding that you will lose value. And the, the idea of you trading him means you have to lose value when you do the trade. And then you gain it back later. For the Knicks, I do want to watch Quentin Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. He has got a great role. I am still skeptical of Grimey's value as we move forward for a couple of reasons, right? I'm skeptical because he's so low usage and the value he's getting is either from 60% shooting one game or really high defensive stats the other game. What happens if that doesn't occur? He doesn't have usage to fall back on. He is a 12-team league guy at the moment and he probably should be rostered, especially on a day like this. But... I'd like to see him consistently push above 12% usage. That would be great. I also want to watch Rowan Barrett because, again, we love to shit on him for Category League Fantasy. We talk about how bad he's been all the time. But over the last like two to three weeks, he's been a top 100 player. The percentages are up. He's still going to lack defensive stats and low volume rebounds and assists. And he's going to hurt you at times on his percentages. But he's been better. And I think that's worth us paying attention to, to see not only if he's a sell high, but understanding that maybe someone doesn't realize he's been better. And maybe you can still get him at a cheaper price. Cheaper price means the last guy on your roster because he still can go out there and be 38% from the field and 60% from the line on gigantic attempts to just destroy you. But the scoring is really valuable for him. So we do want to pay some attention to that. Also want to pay attention that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college basketball, college bowl season, the NBA, it is all there at betonline.net. Go check out the odds. The Cowboys at the moment are listed at two and a half point favorites over the Eagles because there is this rumor about Jalen Hurts having a serious shoulder injury, which is going to be terrible. For my fantasy team, but the Cowboys are favorites. Something is going on there. Al, Eagles, not good. But check it out at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, the next game, the Wizards and the Suns. This is a back-to-back for Phoenix, one of only two teams to have the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back for Washington, Rui Hachimura will be out. Dylan Wright will be out. Cameron Johnson will be out for Phoenix. And Cameron Payne will be out. We do not know about a couple of big ones, though. And that is in um, Phoenix with Devin Booker, who's been ruled out for Monday with a groin issue. We don't know whether that's just maintenance stuff or play for the back-to-back. We also don't know about DeAndre Ayton, who's currently questionable for Monday's game with an ankle injury. And obviously, those injuries change a ton of things. But opportunities could open up there. We also don't know whether Chris Paul, who's returning from that heel issue, is going to play the back-to-back. So there could be, and with Cameron Payne out, there could be just a complete, I don't know what the word is, like they could just write this game off. Say, Booker, Aiden, Paul, you're all out. Johnson, Payne, you're all out. And see what happens. Jock Landale, also out for the Suns. With uh, He's out on Monday with a concussion, so we don't know whether he's going to be available to play either. So there could be some real chaos going on here. On the Washington side of things, Jordan Goodwin has been really impactful. But with Bradley Beal back, with Monte Morris playing, he is hard for Goodwin to get enough minutes to be a must-roster player. He only played 19 minutes against the Lakers. He was in the closing lineup until the final minute when they brought Monte Morris back in. But we do want to watch because 25 minutes of Goodwin is enough. I just don't really think we get there. And while Daniel Gafford was really good last game, he had an ankle problem but returned. He played 21 minutes. He was in the closing lineup as well, next to Christos Porzingis, which I don't think makes a ton of sense. But... Like, what's, what's his playing time? Because Gafford's last few games have been a roller coaster. 11, 
20, 26, 10, and 21. And a couple of those games were out without Puzingas, the 26 without Puzingas, so, but he's all over the place. So 20 minutes of Gafford is enough to be a 12-team option. 15 isn't. And I don't know if we get any consistency with that. All I know is they're terrible. They've lost 10 in a row. They've got a bad coach and a bad GM. So anything's on the table at any point. For Phoenix, Josh Okoge is really appealing for this day because there could be Booker, Paul, Aiden all out along with Johnson and Payne. Okoge's been cutting into Tory Craig's playing time. He's been playing very good on-court basketball. It hasn't translated to elite fantasy stuff, but it's been useful enough. And if guys are out, I actually like Okoge as a stream for Tuesday, but that's going to depend. And then there's Chris Paul. We do want to watch what he does if he plays and Booker is out, how he settles in next to Booker, or if he plays in general, and who the hell would replace him. It'd probably have to be Landry Shamit, I'm guessing. And he's a terrible option, but would have to be a stream if that is actually what goes on. The last game, it is the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. The Grizzlies are one-point favorites here. We know Des Bain is out. I thought Maga Porter Jr. was going to be out, but they just updated him to doubtful. So he still is going to be out most likely, but he's getting closer. So after Malone said seven to 10 days, I guess that meant one day. Cool. Coach is lying. Love it. They've also updated the injury report here at Denver. Nikola Jokic is probable. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is questionable with a knee issue. And Jamal Murray is still questionable with that knee problem, while Jeff Green is questionable with back pain. Des Bain is out for Memphis, as I mentioned already. Um, and I think that's all the issues they have in Memphis. So what we want to watch on Memphis' side is Dylan Brooks, who is playing well. He is probably a 12-team league guy for now, especially in points leagues. And just watching his evolution as the shot selection does improve, it has improved. We hope it continues to improve. And then the downside of things is John Concha. Okay! Who was producing good value with Bain out. He is not anymore. They're playing more Zaire Williams, more David Roddy Piper, and that's impacting Concha. So he is a drop, but he's a drop. But there's five games on. So you probably hold him through this one. For the Nuggets, Bones Highlands' last few games have been disappointing. But there is an opportunity here. Murray, KCP, they could all be out. Highland has only played 15 and 17 minutes the last two games for the Nuggets. I would think he plays more than that, but the production's been up and down. Hold him, but when Porter comes back, we really want to watch it. And then Jamal Murray's in a bit of a slump. I do think the headmaster's a buy low, but I'm a little bit concerned about the knee pain that cropped up for him. So we hope that that's okay. The back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, you might have streaming capability on Wednesday with 11 games. Probably not. But just in case, these are the guys and the teams that we want to look at. We've got the Knicks with Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. You've got the Bulls with Patrick Williams, um, Alex Caruso. We've got Isaiah Hartenstein in the Knicks as well. There's Alec Burks in Detroit. There's Kevon Looney for the Warriors. There's Alex Caruso and there's Marvin Bagley. So we're looking at Knicks, Bulls. Warriors, Pistons, who have got that Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back with some stream value there. Remember, Clay probably plays Tuesday and sits on Wednesday for the Warriors. If we're just looking for stream options on Tuesday, we're looking at quickly. He's always just a wild ride. Who knows whether he's going to be good or not. Patrick Williams, Josh Kogi, Quentin Grimes, Alec Burks, Kevon Looney, Alex Caruso, and Tory Craig. So, despite only five games on, there are quite a few interesting players there who are all available in over 50% of leagues. So, yeah, the guys, I think Grimes is probably the priority there, but Burks, Caruso, will all of these guys have some 12-team appeal for that day. In deeper formats, these guys are rostered in only 10% of leagues. Akogi, I love it. Love the stream there. Real value could open up. 
Damian Lee's an option. Christian Brown, who's every time that he plays 20 minutes, the Nuggets are good. And when Dr. Michael Malone decides, all right, let's go with Davon Reed. We've got to play worse players. Uh, they lose. That's obviously not the reason, but is it? Brown is at least a deeper league stream. Zaire Williams, similarly. Landry Shamet could have a gigantic role if both Paul and Booker are out. Watch that one. Jermichael Green was really good last time out. Um, Kobe White, not rostered anywhere. And he's getting some solid minutes. He can score. He can hit some threes. There's something there. And then the other one we want to look at is Juice McBride. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. He's got a role. He gets some steals. He can get some assists. Deeper leagues want to pay attention. For points leagues, we're looking at um, these guys are all available in over 40% of leagues, uh, over 60%, sorry. Bruce Brown, Dante DiVincenzo. These are clear. Look, Brown, must roster. DiVincenzo, must roster. Jalen Duran, must roster. Walker Kessler, must roster. But they're available in lots of spots. But they all play for Tuesday, so at least grab them for that. You've got Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Bones Highland, the five-minute man, and Kevon Looney can be a stream guy there. Now, if we're looking for the next five days, we're talking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday, there's no games on there. So we're talking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday's got 14 games on. Uh, Wednesday's got 11. So when we're talking low-volume games, there's not many coming up in the next five days. So the guys that do have low-volume games, the Wizards and the Jazz, have super appeal. So Walker Kessler, two low-volume games. Nikhil Alexander-Walker throw in there as well. Monte Morris has two. Denny Avdia has two. Farton Will Barton has two. Jordan Goodwin has two. Daniel Gafford has two. So adding these players for Tuesday, because they all play Tuesday, and then you get them again on Thursday, and they are the only options. Then the other guys we look at with low volumes in the next five days, there's, again, there's not many. It's Bruce Brown and Trey Murphy who push in to be useful top 100 type players over that time frame. If we look at the next five days as a totality, including the high volume Wednesday and Friday, these are guys who I think should be rostered because even on those high volume days, I think you start these players. Thomas Bryant, two games. The Tank. The Shark. Bruce Brown with two games. And Yekara Kongwu with two games. Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, with two games. Markel Fultz with two games. Walker Kessler with two games. Jalen Duran with two games. All of those guys are going to be startable and they're worth having on your roster. And then, lastly, we look at the Knicks who have got three games in the next five nights. Quentin Grimes, real value. This briefcase and this haircut. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.